Double Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s, giving the perspective on the games that we love, the headlines in pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm your host, Williams of Burns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. How's everything in your neighborhood, man? Going pretty good. Hey, we, we, we got him back, guys. We got him back, okay? He was, he was off for one podcast. You guys get spoiled having him for every episode. He's back. <laughs> I had to take a hiatus. I'm sorry, guys. Nah, you're good. <laughs> But we have a lot of topics to get into today, as usual. Um, obviously, some thoughts on the final four matchups um, later today, and um, also a, a couple of music reviews. And then in the second half, we're going to do a review of Last Chance U basketball. Um, but to start it off with just thoughts on the final four matchups and which number one seed is in more danger of possibly going home. Um, today's matchups include Houston Baylor and then Gonzaga UCLA. Um, but dealing with Houston Baylor first, Baylor has just a high reputation of defense number three overall um, in that category. And Houston has the ability to just um, execute their switching schemes at a high level and dominate on the boards. And um, for the second matchup, Gonzaga-UCLA, Gonzaga is just the type of offensive team that is just so connected together and talented. And then UCLA has already pulled off major upsets, um, beating number two Alabama and then Michigan. And they can really just enforce their pace against any any opponent. Um, But to you, kind of like, what are your initial thoughts on these matchups? and which number one seed could be more vulnerable? Ooh, that's tough. When we, when I saw the the line of what we had today, I was like, "Why does he do this to me? Why does he?" Have I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's which so matchup? Great. Which matchup are you more intrigued by? I should say. <laughs> you know, I'm 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 a big Gonzaga fan this year. I think they play complete basketball. They have three guys on that team are phenomenal. But I I won't go with the obvious choice. I think Baylor. Mm. Baylor might be going home. <laughs> Baylor might be going home. I don't see anybody beating Gonzaga. But transitioning to just kind of like the togetherness that Gonzaga has compared to kind of like the potential, the upset potential that UCLA has been able to show overall, do you just kind of feel as though even though they've been undefeated, has haven't really had a, an extreme amount of adversity, it's just a team that can still ride it out with just the uptick of chemistry that they've been able to assemble all, all season? I think it, it starts with the guys who've been there for a couple of years. You have Suggs, you have uh, Kisper, who's been there for two years. I think they built that commodity for, for a while, and then you have guys who can get after it, as well as they just know how to win. Gonzaga has been yeah. a winning program for years. They have that winning element. They know how to recruit guys. It is showing they're 30 and 0. I don't see anybody beating them. You tell me how to beat Gonzaga. I've seen people do zones, zone reads, mm-hmm. man them up. I've seen them double team guys. I've seen them trying to get them Tried out. Tried everything. Tried <laughs> everything. <laughs> Those guys are great in transition. They're good in the front court and back court. They can shoot from behind the arcs. They can finish at the rim. They're smart. They don't foul. They don't make mistakes often. They, they have the least turnovers of all four of these teams. So it's extremely crazy to think somebody's going to beat Gonzaga. But it's Final Four. It is March Anything Madness. can happen. Anything <laughs> can happen. But I remember, think- that Kentucky team? remember that Kentucky team back in 2013? <laughs> they lost to Wisconsin. This I always go true. back to that team. I always this go back true. to that team. <laughs> they had a great big man, though. The guy was uh, – he's with the – Kaminsky. Kaminsky. Thank you. He, yeah. just, he was a beast, man. He was different. Uh, he's yeah, just, it didn't sure. translate to the NBA, but whatever. But he, he was a beast in college. But I don't think in this this instance, <laughs> right? Gonna That's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was gonna be good. Time. So you got Houston Gonzaga for the championship. 
Yes. Okay. I do. Yeah. I'm glad I'm sticking that, with it. That should be an intriguing matchup. I mean, I, I would still go with Gonzaga as the favorite, but Houston, with what they've been able to do so far, like Baylor, they've been a, a cohesive defensive team. That would that would be a big upset if Houston beat Baylor just because of how in sync defensively Baylor has been. So th- that that's really going to be an intriguing one. Houston and Baylor should be kind of possibly the more intriguing matchup. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if it's good, if they win. If, if. the big if. <laughs> the big, big if. <laughs> um, but you're listening to the NBA and just dealing with Aaron Gordon's new fit with Denver and um, how he's been able to get acclimated into it. Um, with his first week with the Nuggets in the books now, um, through three games, he's attempted 18 two-point shots and they're scoring 125 points per 100 possessions with him on the floor. And um, Denver is also climbing up the Western Conference standings as fifth and still has that um, recent experience from reaching the conference finals um, last season in the bubble. Um, but kind of like, what are your thoughts on how Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon is fitting with the Nuggets and how high they're climbing up the playoff standing? What a fit. And yeah. I don't think Aaron Gordon gets the uh, the praise he deserves. And I always say this about under, underdog uh, players because I feel like I'm an underdog in life. But the guy comes in, he's averaging 11 points. I think he's averaged like five rebounds. And he's mm-hmm. playing pretty good minutes. I, the last three games, they've they beaten their opponents. So I think it fits well. They did get a, get rid of a couple players. I thought it was like, hmm, I don't know. But I think Eric Gordon fits with them well. I think he's a guy who's going to get you a bunch of rebounds. He's going to be a good defensive guy. And he'll get you 11 points, 12 points a game, what you need. You, you, don't, you don't need Eric Gordon to be a star. You just need mm-hmm. to be a position player, a role player, do his job, which he will, because he's a very disciplined person. But I think he fits well with the uh, yeah, absolutely. And he's he's being put in a situation where they're going to he's with a very competitive team. He's so young at 25 and him getting this chance to like show really show what he can do further in the postseason. But like, how do you think that can affect a player? Just, do you think it will motivate him more to just kind of finally be put in a thriving situation? Or do you think it's one of those things where he's just going to continue to do even with what he did in Orlando? You know, I thought he was pretty good in Orlando, but I think his role was bigger in Orlando. I think they were trying to make him something he wasn't. I think a simplified role like he has with the Denver Nuggets is going to be perfect for him. He doesn't have to think much. All he says is like, okay, this is what you do, A plus B plus C, D, E. Don't, you don't even have to go to A to G. Yeah. You don't have to be Z. You don't have to go to <laughs> It's a simplified role for him. He's going to thrive in it, and they're going to see why he was drafted, why he was highly recruited. And I think – we'll see the glimpse of who he truly is as a player because we sometimes teams make players, but they're, they're not that guy. And I think right. different Nuggets can get the the juice that's still left in him because he's only 25, like you said, he's a young guy. But I think the simplified role would do him justice. He doesn't have to think much. He doesn't have to carry that burden because, I mean, they got Jokic, they have Murray, they have other guys on that team that you know, already have those burdens. So he can have this simplified role and be Eric Warren. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're coming, dealing with him as well. Like for the trade deadline, there were like some major moves made. Victor Oladipo goes to um, Miami. Um, you know, JJ Reddick goes to, to Dallas. Um, Rondo goes to the Clippers. Like like there were a lot of, Kyle Lowry is able to stay with Toronto. He was deemed as one of the ones that was going to um, be quickly moved um, as, as one of the kind of like the most coveted pieces for the trade deadline. Were, were there any moves over the deadline that kind of like got your attention and you feel as though could really spur a team on to to make a push in the postseason? Ooh, hmm. I thought JJ Reddick leaving the Pelicans was an interesting move. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I, 
I don't know. I don't because <laughs> the one team I do see who can make a run is the Denver Nuggets now. Because yeah. one, Lakers are injured with AD and LeBron out. Uh, nobody's scared of Utah Jazz. Okay, whatever. <laughs> nobody's scared of Utah <laughs> Jazz. Warriors is still in limbo. I think Denver Nuggets. They the last three teams they beat were teams that have uh, playoff uh, spots. So I think they have a chance to move towards and you know go for a playoff spot, especially with the addition of Eric Gordon and them finding a new growth. Because last year we we saw we saw what. Murray could be in the bubble. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for that can be to be consistent. That's another word I always say with the different nuggets. Consistent. I'm waiting consistent. for Murray to be consistent because he's that guy. We see yeah, him in the he bubble. Is. He showed it in the bubble. That was his moment to show us like he's coming. <laughs> he made me a believer. I know you're I don't know if you're still high on Murray, but I was always a well, it's just something about the different nuggets that's never always they don't get over the hump. They're not consistent enough. In the bubble, I was like, okay, maybe they figured it out. But now, yeah. no. But I do think they have a chance to make the playoff spot. With the addition of Eric going in the last three teams they beat were teams that have playoff um, spots at the moment. So if anybody can make a run, it's different things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and transitioning to just kind of um, thoughts on how a player like Russell Westbrook can get um, high egg accolades from some but criticized by others based on his lack of a championship um earlier this past week after Westbrook had the first 35 point and 20 assist triple double in league history um you know there were the comments from Stephen A. Smith pointing out the fact that even though Russell Westbrook has accumulated amazing stats over his career there's still the um gaping hole of him not winning a championship um skill and um you know, the Stephen A. side of it became even bigger with Westbrook's wife you know criticizing his comments and then essentially saying, you know, there's so much more to him as a person off the court and what he's doing in the community. Um, kind of like, what are your thoughts on the perception of what Westbrook can statistically do, but also how major of a deal is it that he hasn't been able to to solve his lack of a championship? It's some players that will never win a championship. It's right. close. It's a lot of players that were close. A lot of players that were close but still are considered great basketball players in the Hall of Famers. Allen Iverson, Carmelo Anthony, Paul Pierce. Oh, well, Paul Pierce won one. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, he won one. Oh, wait. (laughs) Hey, look. Hey, I was about to start. The truth. The truth. (laughs) Well, Carmelo Carmelo Anthony. um, uh, Who did I say? Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, yeah. Chris Paul hasn't won one yet. Uh, it's a, those guys, I will. Chris Paul, they're they're high up in the receiving Phoenix Suns. Yeah, they can make a run. They're fairly new though. But um, with Russell, I think he's still a, a good basketball player. I think he's a future right. Hall of Famer. What he's done with OKC and those little splattering stints with Houston and now with uh, the Wizards. I mean, it's so interesting about is I don't know. I'm on like I'm on like the the, the line. I'm like. Mm, I don't know. He never will get a championship, but he's still a good basketball player. He's a slashy. He's changed similar. Sim, he hasn't changed the, the uh, era of basketball, but I think for point guards, we look at point guards differently because of Russell Westbrook, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because we the prototypical, yeah. you know, point guard will be Steph Curry or a Chris Paul, but those guys can finish, but they can't finish like Russell. Russell can't really shoot from behind the arcs, but he has a good jump shot and he can finish at them. So it's kind of like his game is, is a little different from a prototypical point guard. But will he ever win a championship? No. I don't think his, his, his tenure should be tarnished because he won't win a championship. I think we should look at what he does in the community outside of basketball. 
But people don't look at that. It's all about basketball right now. Like, you say you're a top five point guard. Show it. Look at John Wall. John Wall will never win a championship. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. But he's a good point guard. He's a good basketball player. So I don't think yeah. Russell Westbrook's tenure or his, his entire career should be tarnished because he won't win one. Some players will never win a championship, but that doesn't mean they're not a good basketball player. Yeah, there's so many, there's so many legendary players that have won that have not won championships. Karl Malone, Patrick Ewing, yep. you know, they, they weren't able to get it done, but they still are, you know, legendary players, players, Hall of Fame level players that, that we're still going to look back on it and say they, you know, were able to just clearly be one of the best in their era, but. When you have Michael Jordan there, it's just like, how are you going to get through that? <laughs> right, it's just like, exactly. it's, that, it's that thing that, that's constantly there. So, and even with West, with Westbrook, he went against a, a Warriors team that was a juggernaut. So, and, and, and that's kind of like a, a, a different circulating uh, issue with that. But um, listening to, now to some of our music reviews, uh, starting off with Trevor Jackson's love language review and thoughts on just where his young career could head. Um, his 14 second, uh, his 14 song record his third album and he's uh, able to pull off songs that just complement the presence he has in R&B and he's highlight highlighting experiences with love whether it's um not getting what you want from a situation and just friends also being vindictive to gain someone's attention and get to you and um songs like you're everything ride the wave and love and affection I think we're, we're a few of the best from this project um Trevor Jackson even said that uh quote the power of this music would not only bring people together but it'll also bring people closer to themselves end quote um, but kind of like, what were your thoughts on this this third project from him? And kind of like, what are the best parts of Trevor Jackson's um, young skill set? You know, for a minute, I forgot he was actually, he started as a singer first. Yeah. And I see him in all these movies and these, <laughs> these shows. shows and I'm thinking, grown -ish. Like, yeah, grown-ish. <laughs> He's playing in multiple movies. Uh, Bernie Sands, uh, whatever. The, he was priest in one film. Um mm -hmm. But his voice, man, yo. I was man, like, killer. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we get it, brother. You all around. <laughs> we get it. You're good. But no, I, I really, <laughs> when I was listening to it, I was like, there was definitely a vibe. I mean, I hope I'm not jumping the gun, but love don't change, man. Um, Goodness, bro. Goodness. To be. I love bouts yeah. to be. Bouts to be. Mm -hmm. I say that we're uh, pictures by my pool. Uh, get to you. And uh, Tiny Dancer, Tiny Dancer was a vibe too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tiny Dancer was was definitely a vibe. I like. Wouldn't say it was one of the best, but it, it, it was, yeah, it was, it wasn't the best, but I think it definitely was a vibe. I uh, I don't know those other the other ones was like really really dope. Like I don't know, man. He has he has a nice voice. He has I love his concepts. I love the way he the production, of course, and I love how he inputs different the different vocals in and out. Behind, like the backup vocals or whatever, the ad-libs. I love how he intertwines them with the, the main vocals. It's extremely mm -hmm. hard to to place the different sounds and the different vocals in right spots that fit perfectly. Yeah. The more and more I'm learning that because when I'm, you know, seem kind of like an artist. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good yet, but we'll see. You're gonna get there. You're gonna get there. One day we're gonna be reviewing Savon's. Hey, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it's extremely hard to like consistently make good music and know mm. like the different like it's just no it, it takes a long time to be like okay I'm gonna put that vocal here I'm gonna put this right here I'm gonna think I'm gonna harmonize right here I think it'll be better like it's it's like it's like cooking it's literally when yeah, like cooking really in the studio is literally like cooking there's so many ingredients that goes mm -hmm. into making a good song 
And sometimes it's still not a good song to everybody else because maybe they're vegetarian, maybe they're vegan, maybe they don't like the sound mm. of music, but it's still a good recipe. Just stick to it, and that's what Trevor Jackson is doing. Whoa, I just had an out-of-body experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> What a revelation! Oh, that's what a revelation! Only on full scope podcast. Giving your baby. own, giving your own revelation. <laughs> full scope. But, I mean, but but looking forward to, to to what he's like. He's like you said. He's in so many different things, acting and, and obviously you know putting out more new music. Um, do you think going forward, like like what in particular do you want to see him continue to do in the music sphere? Because he already has so many other things going on, like. You think it's going to be harder for him to continue to navigate in this in this type of sphere because he he really is an overall like all talented individual and he's just just getting started. Yo, it's it's crazy. One because he'll always be was he he'll, he'll always be in the the, the the limelight because one he's an actor too. So I think him mm-hmm. being on Grownish kind of helps his music career and vice versa because people forget. Like, this man is a whole artist, too. Yeah. I mean, we haven't heard Diggy in a long time, but Diggy's a whole artist. Mm-hmm. Chloe, how, those are definitely artists. Like, we forget about that. <laughs> they're legit I mean? artists. Like, they're legit artists on the show. <laughs> signed artists, and they're really good, but we forget about it because they so, they're such good actors. And we forget yeah. about everything else they do because Grownish is a good, good show. Mm-hmm. But it will, it will always, it will all coincide with his music career and his acting career because both are at the peak right now. And his, I think his acting career is more peak than his music. But I think, yeah, for sure, yeah, his acting will kind of bring the music back up because he always be stay relevant because he's always in the public eye because it shows the movie he does and just the all around things, all around great guy. So what I've heard, what I've read, he's an all around great guy. Um, his story is pretty dope, but. Um, I don't think I don't think it'll be hard for him. I think it'll be I think it'll be like a like a chess match for him. It's like okay, like uh, one one year. I, uh, I don't think I'm gonna put, act the, put the pieces here. Put the pieces there. Right. Yeah, he'll, he'll move it around. Yeah, I don't think he m- one year he probably say oh, I don't want to act as much. I want to do more music than just trap. You know, it's just it's all. Yeah. I mean. He can't lose right now. <laughs> just, just, he can. That's the thing. That's the overall sentiment. He can. <laughs> Like he, yeah, he, absolutely. Even like the cover art, bro. The cover art kind of freaked me is... out a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I was a little caught off guard when I saw that. I was like, oh, I don't want to press play. <laughs> uh, am I gonna hear like six 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 on this album? Like, bro, it looks <laughs> demonic. <laughs> yeah, but 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 overall, I mean, a really good project, a, a, yeah. a really solid one. Um, sure. Transitioning to to Georgia Smith's new single, Addicted, and just thoughts on this Candace Hyper track. Um, this is the first track she's released in 2021, and she exhibits her talent with just so much ease. Um, there's so much confidence and poise that is evident as she moves uh, further throughout the track. Um, you know, this wasn't a complex type of theme, but, you know, gave an exciting soundscape as there's um, just a lot of sounds going on in the mix as it's a cleverly written production. And she just um, released a video for it a, a, a couple or a few weeks ago. Um, but what are your kind of like your initial thoughts on this new track as um, Georgia Smith delivered a thought provoking one that, is about you know giving all to someone without getting anything back in return. Well, I really don't like it because she did Drake. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, I, jaded. I go back to jaded. I'm like, should I really rock? Because <laughs> he's definitely talking about her. Like, oh yeah, really clearly. You could do a whole him. review on that song. <laughs> she played him so hard. <laughs> she played, buddy, so hard. So hard. 
Unfollowed on Instagram. Unfollowed on Instagram. <laughs> but no, it felt like spring, bro. It's been like spring going into summer. Like the the bubbly. Yeah. It felt like, yeah. yeah, it felt it gave you like a male. You're pet. sitting outside. Like the birds are like flutter, you know, butterflies just come out. Cuckoo, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm out of my cuckoo. Like it just <laughs> felt like spring. And I mean the, the concept, I'm always I'm always like all for a good concept, addicted. You know, yeah, it was it was a dope song. I mean, it wasn't like a, you know, oh man, but it was just like one of those vibes. It felt like spring, summertime's coming. You know, everything is blooming, but I'm addicted yeah. to this person. So maybe it's not blooming. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Like, I'm still interpret- yeah. interpreting, like, the Interpreting song. the song. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what... She- I know she's talking about addicting and addicting to a person, but I want to see if it's, like, an underline, like, it's a deeper message under that message. Like, I'm trying to go... That's what I was hole. trying to figure out, too. That's what I was trying to figure out, too. Was this just a simplistic one, or was there something she was trying to, like, have us uncover? Because it, right. it, it seemed like there was a duality in that. And I think she's that type of artist too, because some of her music be leaving you like, bro, what is what she talking about something else? <laughs> she she named this this, but she talking about something yeah. else. She's 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 trying to take us for a loop, bro. Like I'm all for it. Come on, because I love your voice. I will I will fall asleep <laughs> to your voice. It's so soothing. <laughs> and, and we reviewed, uh, I think last year, her Lost and Found debut yep. album, and mm-hmm. like, and her, we don't know when she's gonna put out another project. Um, maybe 2022, but is there anything in particular for that second project that, that you kind of want to see more of uh, or in addition to than what we saw in Lost and Found? Just, I just want to call my phone and say, hey, say my voice. <laughs> like, hey. I heard you review my song. I heard you review my song. <laughs> I checked out the episode. <laughs> I look well into I'm like, hold on, can I put you on three way and I'm going to call you? <laughs> do, we'll do a three way podcast. <laughs> Yeah, why did you just drink? Why did you just drink? First you, of all, we're fans. <laughs> why did you just drink? Why did you give him? You just I don't know. Just where are you right now? But now let me know. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I want I want another whole entire project, man. You know, yeah, so, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know. Maybe it's a suspense. Maybe you know you take a break. You know, music takes a lot out of you. A lot out of you. So I don't know. She's on a like hiatus because the last time she released one was I think 2018. So it's it's been a minute for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was lost and found, and now she's released this, this, this uh, single. So I'm, I'm curious. It's a lot of people dropping music this year, and I think yeah, it's the right time to drop music. So I'm thinking, like, you know, this is a, a really strategic because the world is, you know, eventually like opening back up. You know, people are are, are getting more outside. Like it is. It does feel like one of those times where 2020 people were just kind of calculating, seeing what what to do, what, what type of music to put out for the future years. This year right. is what, one where you're going to see, like, a lot of a lot of A-list, you know, artists put out music. Yeah, and I think so, because I think we'll get something, hopefully, here from Drake, another <clears throat> album from Drake, J. Cole, uh, Georgia. Um, we'll probably get something from Rihanna, I've heard. Yeah, you think so? Rivers. You think she's going to release? Because she's, she's constantly saying, I, I'm not going to, you guys got to be patient, you guys got to wait. But it seems as though it, it may it may be coming. I don't know because when I saw her do like the live with um, Lil Nas, she was kind of like hitting at like dropping new music, and she's talking about who well, I'm trying to mm. save the world and stuff. But I'm like, like okay, you're the highest paid woman, um, the whatever billionaire, whatever. What like okay, go back. This is the same thing with Trevor Jackson. Okay, we 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 understand. Fenty yeah. makeup, blah, drop music. We don't care about that. <laughs> 
What about your God, your God friends? <laughs> Drop some music. I'm tired of saying, do it for us. Do it for us. <laughs> I'm tired of singing the same album, Rihanna. Drop some. Nah, drop some music. I'm singing the same album. Drop some. <laughs> Give us something new. Give yeah. us something new. <laughs> Give us something new. Give us something new. Um, but, but now getting into our last review with, with uh, Chantel Mays, Don't Let Them See You Cry. Um, this seven track um, EP released um, Thursday night details her draining relationship and the ins and outs of it. Um, it highlights not letting someone abuse their mental um, with relationship tactics and, and unhealthy love. Um, she had moody tracks like Don't Want to Pretend, uh, Hazy, It's Better This Way, and then the West Side Gun feature, um, Until I Say So. Um, earlier this year, she was named one of R&B's 11 artists to watch in 2021. Um, so do you kind of feel as though this debut project established herself well for exposure in the industry? And do you think she should be one of the young, you know, top R&B artists to watch for, for this, um, for, the, for the rest of this year? I didn't even know who she was, Wellington. Oh, man. Wait, when see, I, I got to, I got to, I got to search. I got to search to see like, like what's new, what's out there. <laughs> Bro, like, I'm glad because when, when I was like, who's Chantel, man? I never heard of her before. I mean, she has a nice voice. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the, I like, well, would you call this an EP or an album? Because I mean, it's seven songs. She called it, that's what I was thinking, because I was feeling like this was more of an album, but she just said it's an EP. Yeah, I, yeah, seven songs. I mean, anything over seven songs, then you'd be like, okay, you, you got to call it an LP or, e, or LP or yeah. album. But seven yeah. songs, I think that's a, a a good number for an EP. Anything over that, you just, okay, you play it. <laughs> just call playing it with us <laughs> right you call it an album because you you fearful it's not really good if they it's like it she album. wanted to teeter she wanted to teeter on the side of this is my debut i don't want to fully go into album mode but i just kind of want to stick to the ep like give you a teaser right i i think it was, i think it was good i think she has a nice yeah. voice i think she has a nice voice i think some of the songs really do she sounds like somebody to me. I don't know who she's That's what I was about. thinking too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. She there there there's a like a, a very distinct voice she has that almost Ooh. correlates with somebody else. She sounds like Jasmine Sullivan. That's who it is. Mm. That's what she sounds like. Similarities mm. in pitches in her runs and her like hot, you know, like yeah, she sounds like Jasmine Sullivan just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's, it reminds me of she has a powerful voice, though, don't get me wrong. I mean, Goodness, yeah, yeah, she's she's a she's a good singer. But I don't know. It's like, I mean, if everybody else saying she's what to watch out for, I don't think I will listen to it again. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things where you can tell, like, when I, I got a young artist that sounds like somebody else, but they, to me, she it doesn't seem like she's fully kind of figured out where she wants to go with her soundscape. And I think that was one of the things I picked up on from, from this from this seven-track uh, EP, that she's... She's definitely got potential, but it just yes. doesn't seem as though all the pieces have put yet. And I think that's why they called it an EP to kind of like yeah. gauge it, to see what will people react to it. Who does she sound like? Because like, because when I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, she sounds like somebody. Like I had that type of music already in my 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 library, my like the, my yeah. everyday listening. I don't want to like. Oh, you're already, you don't, you sound like somebody else. I don't want to listen to you if you sound like somebody That's else. That's how people feel when they got an artist that sounds like somebody else. They just kind of push them to the side like, it's yeah. cool, but I already have people, that, three or other four artists that sound like this. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, it's dope, but mm, you sound like somebody. I don't think my, yeah, I don't think I want more of, of this, <laughs> more of this sound. It's right. like knock against her, but I mean, she does, she can sing, and I think 
her her beat and production uh, choices were pretty pretty decent for the most part. I thought it didn't flow. The EP didn't flow as well though. Like with some some of the songs right. was just like mm. I feel like I'm just knocking her down, but I'm just like just like giving my it's an EP though. It's an EP yeah. though. And she's just getting started out. So these are the things that happen when you kind of just put out a teaser and, and she's just, she's not fully immersed in what she wants to put out yet, I feel as though. But I, I do think as though she's she can be a rising star. It just wasn't a breakout type of EP. Yes, no, I think, yeah, the production needs to... I, I, some, some songs like uh, Till I Say So sounded like she wanted to be in the 80s and 90s. And then mm. she sounded like she wanted to do pop with some of the beats. It's just like you have to have... It has to make sense and it has to flow. Like it can't be everywhere. It can't be chaotic. I mean, if you would have yeah. called it chaotic, then it would have been a little different. That would have been amazing. That would have yeah. that would have that would have went. That would have went. <laughs> Don't let them see you cry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. Said, huh. some of the beasts were in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with our last chance to you basketball review. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into our last chance you basketball review, and we're joined by a special guest, um, Markel Strong, a good friend of mine and, and a, a college classmate. But uh, thanks for being back on, man. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure being here. Yeah, man, absolutely. And to get into the overview, um, last chance you basketball uh, premiered on Netflix last month, introducing a new sport for the award-winning documentary series to follow. Um, the eight-episode season explores the basketball program at East Los Angeles College features a once faltering junior college team that had become a title contender um, under head coach John Mosley. And through his strong convictions, Coach Mosley led the young men who hoped to fulfill um, their major college potential at a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And this has been unanimously celebrated for its realness, um, riveting elements and going beyond the court into um, what all of the obstacles these young men had to face on a daily basis. Um, but to you, Markel, kind of like what were your initial thoughts um, of this series? Oh, dude, I love it. I'm already biased because if a reality show has basketball in it, I'm already in intrigued. Mm -hmm. And so, like, even what's they have Netflix has more uh, basketball reality shows. They have one about some um, Native Americans on a reservation plan. And, like, even though it's not a good series to most people, I love it because basketball is involved and it's real life mm -hmm. stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like what were your initial thoughts and takeaways um, before we get to the, to the, uh, the topics? I haven't watched it. For, for real? No, I'm joking. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I was about to say, hey, Markel, we did a review of Seven. We did a review of Seven, the movie Seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, and he literally did not watch it, but we still navigated throughout the, the, I did not throughout watch the show like he did watch it. <laughs> oh, wow. I forgot to watch it. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, no, I watched last, last Chance You Basketball, but I, I didn't watch Seven. Yeah, I forgot to watch yeah, it. Was he like Googling through the... Was he Googling the whole interview? I, 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 I like presented it like, okay, so if you had seen this movie, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> I don't know how we got to that episode. I don't know how we got through show. it. It was a poop <laughs> show, bro. Well, <laughs> hats off to you, bro, because I didn't give you nothing. That, <laughs> that like, review, I didn't give you nothing. Um, but for this one, man, you know, I was... I'm a football head guy, so when it was last year, you was a football, it was more, you know, appealing to me. But for this one, it was like, it was really gritty. That coach was crazy, yeah. man. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit, man, that coach was crazy. It just reminded me of high school all over again, so that kind of glued me in. But I thought it was a good good series. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know about that, but 
It was it's definitely a good series. Very oh, yeah. high, very high, very. High. And I agree with everybody who gave him a ten out of ten. That's that's kind of steep. That's really steep. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. <laughs> Would you go like 96, 96, 97? <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. I agree, man. I won't say ten out of ten because, like, oh no, never mind. We'll address that later. <laughs> But um, to get into to, to our um, first topic from one to four stars, what would you give it? Um, I would give it four as the intensity and intimacy of basketball, you know, was brought together as it really inspired um, through Coach Mosley's endearing and energetic elements. Um, but to you, Markel, from one to four stars, what would you give it? Three and a half. Mm, that's okay. Good that's good. And I'll tell you why later. <clears throat> I had to sit down okay. and think about this. <laughs> Let let us know now. The the, the rating yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's gonna answer another question later though. Okay, okay, okay. Say Savon to, to promote it for stars, what, what would you give it? I'm gonna give it three and a half stars in between as well. Um Okay. I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it had realness. I thought it had um some great basketballs, fundamentals. I think it the outside West Coast, especially when I forgot the guy's name. He was talking to his dad. He was like <laughs> Yeah, the white folks, huh? <laughs> 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 he had to hide the phone. <laughs> There's a lot of white people in the room now with cameras. <laughs> can't reveal this. Can't reveal uh, this. <laughs> I know they was laughing their butts off, bro. But that's his pops would be at 100% real, though. I like that. Yep. 100% real. Yep, absolutely. Um, transitioning to, to uh, the second topic, favorite character. Um, for me, it was KJ Allen. You know, he was really one of the hardest working players on the team, not just on the court, but off. And even with his academic issues, you know, it was always highlighted just how diligent he was trying to be the best version of himself. Um, and he was also a rising star and eventually got to his goal um, as he's going to play for USC next season. Um, but looking back at this one, Markella, like who overall kind of like what was your was your favorite character from this particular one? I have two. Okay. I like Coach Mosley and I like uh, Deshaun. Mm. I like Coach Mosley because my in my eyes he's one of the best basketball coaches I've seen. Because like in my mind, it's three types of coaches. You have one that cares about basketball too much to the point they're not helping you grow as a man. Mm, you have one he just he's just there for the money, and you have one like um, it's not really bad, but it's not for it's not for a sports setting. They care too much about your personal life. They're trying to help you grow but also not help you with basketball or whatever sport you're playing. And I think he had yeah. a good mixture of both. And then yeah. um, I like Deshaun, too, a lot, because he kind of reminded me of myself when I played. And say people view him as mean, uh, angry. Where his heart in his sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I just like him. Like, the very first scene, um, he talked to the ref. He was like, ref, I'm trying to talk to you uh, as a team captain. And the ref kind of blew him off. And we said right after that, had me crying. I can't repeat it because we're gonna go live. I know, yeah, I know. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but Savon, to you, kind of like who was like a, a particular um person in this one that that you kind of viewed as your as your favorite uh, character in, in this uh series? I think not to piggyback. I think Coach Mosley, man. I think that's mm-hmm. what a a coach should head coach should do in any sport. Yeah, he should make you grow as an individual. He should help you grow as a person. He should help you get out of that college to go to do something better. And I think he was he was passionate. I mean, he was running up walls, but he was passionate. <laughs> you could tell he was passionate. He loved this. And once, once you get kids to buy into you, then they'll do anything for you. And I think, um, yeah, he was real too. He had a you know dark past as well. But I think 
he really cared about the players. He cared about their program. He cared about them growing as individuals. So, yeah, Coach Mosley for sure. Yeah, but I'm gonna say this though: I hated Joe. Mm. He grew on me. He grew on me last few episodes, but until I hated Joe with a passion. It always seemed as though he was just going to bring the team, like, crumbling down. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that one particular player that's like, yo, you guys aren't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, bro, we know you can hoop. Like, you real selfish. But then, uh, was it Tom, the, the other coach, he was saying, like, oh, he appears selfish, but he really not. But I only saw straight selfishness. Yeah. Um, transitioning to some most memorable scenes, um, I had the, um, the Kobe uh, Ranch retreat where, the you know, the team goes to recharge and Coach Mosley – really wants to see them connect at a deeper level. Um, the what do you want scene when Coach Mosley is urging his team to lock in um, as they try to make a long playoff push. Um, Ken Hunter and Malik's conversation about him not being content about where he's at and the offers with him currently having and possibly him being put in danger of getting benched. Um, also Deshaun Hyler's in-depth insight on, on the brokenness he was dealing with from losing his mom and trying to navigate through um, that personal journey as well with his girlfriend. And then Joe Hampton's new path at the end of the docuseries, he talks about finding his way back to a Division I program um, after a four-year-long hiatus joining Long Beach State. Um, also, the raw reaction to Kobe's death. And then finally, the, the back-and-forth game between um, East L.A. and, and Allen uh, Hancock. Um, and, and that scene just really had a, just an overall championship feel to it as it came down to the wire. I mean, they were that was the game they were really in danger of losing and, and you know getting bounced. Um, they were able to find a way overall. And even Coach Mosley said, guys just won that game because you liked each other i mean it, it had nothing to do with you guys like being a better team you guys were just more in sync than, than they were and you got over the hump um it's you markel kind of like what was your particular um or maybe couple most memorable scenes okay uh, yeah i like the kobe one the kobe i cried a little bit i ain't gonna lie it's mm. like it still hit home even though it's over a year yeah. ago it's like it still don't feel real even though we know it's very real right and then um i like the when um coach mosley he, he kind of lost it he was saying y'all mad at him for being so dedicated when like he's missing out on his family life. Son's like, games, yeah. Yeah, he's missing on his son's game. And like as a player, you really don't think about that. You just saying, I'm just doing like work. He like running us around, he like working us. But the same, he's trying to help them. And that's my first time seeing a coach actually voice that with so much passion. Cause I've seen plenty of coaches, we can go home now. I don't care. It's like I'm done with my basketball days. I got paid. I got my degree. But like he just I just I don't know, I like Coach Mosley a lot. And that that helped me like him even more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like what were a couple or maybe just one memorable scene that you took away from this one? Shoot, uh, probably that one with Coach Mosley. Uh, the yeah. back and back and forth games were really dope. Um, the Kobe one, really, yeah, yeah, that was a highlight one. Yeah, mm. you because you see you see NBA, you know, guys reactions to Kobe Duff and other people. And then you never see like the little, t you know, not the little team, but the community colleges, everybody had like yeah. the experience of watching or, you know, somebody telling them, hey, yo, Kobe died or whatever. And that, yeah. And that was the thing. Cause like coach Mosley said, like, you know, there's a, Sean was asking him like, what were your thoughts on it? And coach Mosley was saying like, he's, he's, he's doing much better than we are. Like, he's, he's to where we're always trying, trying to get to. And then Sean was like, yo, he still didn't have to die in a plane crash. Like, he still had that raw reaction. Like, yeah. that's not the way. Yeah, he had to leave, you know? So, so I, I think that scene really highlighted just kind of the realness of this overall scene. Um, transitioning to most memorable quotes, I had, um, I'm a hooper, not just a basketball player from Joe. You hit 30 and it's over from Ken Hunter. Um, we're picking out our ring tonight from Coach Mosley. And then finally, what did you want? Another one from Coach Mosley. 
Um, to you, Markel, kind of like what were some of your most memorable quotes from this one? Oh, you, that wasn't even on the list. You dirty for that. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? Are you serious? Okay, I got yeah. it. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a normal one. That's a, <laughs> I was asking that question. <laughs> um, uh, let Look, me see what I so I'm going to say this. We're picking out our ring tonight. That was my personal favorite because that, that just exudes the overall confidence Coach Mosley and that team. Like, he was like, yo, we're going to win this whole thing. Just get your rings tonight. And, and the team was just – that, that kind of, like, amped them up for the rest of that, that Allen Hancock game. Yeah. Oh, Oh, okay, I'm back to you the spot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go, even though even though I don't like this man, I'm gonna go with Joe. Okay, and he says two types of basketball players: someone that knows how to play basketball and a hooper. Mm. A hooper is someone to get you a bucket anytime they anytime they want to, and a basketball player is somebody that knows the fundamentals. And that's real yeah. true. I'm that's not a, a hooper, same. like I'm barely a basketball player. But he was right about that. Yeah, for real. Um. Savon, to you, kind of like what were maybe one or, or two uh, memorable quotes from this one you had? I regret a lot of things. I F my life up. And that's my how Joe. you started the whole thing. That's how you started yeah. the documentary. Yeah. Ooh, I was like, they said that already? <laughs> <laughs> already, out the gate. <laughs> Three seconds in, bro. Like, yo, that was that, that's some transparency for you. That's some transparency for you. I, have my, I regret a lot of things. I have my life up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, Transitioning to what did you like the most about the storyline, um, to me, just how it, it pulls the viewer in and quickly creates a sense of attachment. You know, it, it builds suspense in a way a documentary usually doesn't, making one feel as though you know, they're really right there courtside. Um, but to you, Markel, kind of like what were maybe like one of the most particular parts about this um, storyline that you you like the most? Well, like each episode, they kind of they don't do it like very in depth, but they have like a background story of each different like main character on there. Yeah, and like so, like it makes it a lot more personal. Like uh, they talked about uh, uh, Deshaun's last few moments with his mom and all that, and they give us some background on on Malik, like why he's in the position he's in, and stuff like that. Like. That kept me coming back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I like that a lot. Because, like, it's reality, but at the same time, though, in my mind, reality is not reality TV show is not real. But they made it a lot more real because we actually got to meet these people and see where they come from instead of just pulling us in their world for two, three months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, say, Von, to you, kind of like what was like a particular element about the storyline that you like the most? I like the soundtrack. Oh, that's what I was about to get to. That's what the, the how they infuse like almost every song at the end of the at the end of the episode fit right perfectly into what they were trying to convey. Even in the, the the background, <laughs> the music in the locker room, they didn't like cut it. They kind of used it as a different element to set the scene. Yeah, like, yeah. that's really really dope. I haven't seen a documentary do that in a long time. Because normally, had... time. Oh, good. No, go ahead. Because normally, normally, like, I guess sports documentaries, they kind of use their own music and just, like, intertwine with the movement of the whoever in the scene or whatever. But These they, guys use their own. They use yes, their own music. Yes. <laughs> and that was so, so dope, bro. Just coming from a guy who's shot documentaries before, who's, who's, yeah. who's he did uh, digital cinema, just looking at that like, yo, that's... And then they used it. It was all kinds of music, like 60s and 70s. 
It was just like mm-hmm. all genre of music, and they use it to the best of ability. Excuse me like, to to enhance the scene. That's really dope. Like, they put yeah. on some Mary Mary. I had to introduce my wife to oh, some Mary goodness. Mary. <laughs> Man. Like, like you don't know what this is. Coach, Coach Mosley turned it off. He's like, I'm not listening anymore to this track. Yeah. <laughs> FMI. Oh, FMI. This, FMI. Um, but but get into our last topic. Ten years from now, do you still think this will be um, a watchable and intriguing docuseries? Um, I, I definitely think it will, as you know, the versatility that that it has in focusing on adversity that just doesn't result in wins and losses, along with a more thorough feel of an entire team than usual, just, which is really, you know, piercing and real. Um, with you, Markel, like 10 years from now, do you still think this will be a watchable and intriguing back series? Yes and no. That's why I gave okay. it a 3.5. Oh, now he's getting back to the reason. Okay, I see. I see what you're doing. <laughs> okay. I was thinking about this. I was like, would I watch this 10 years from now? I'd be like, yeah. And I was like, a year from now, ask me who's Deshaun Holly, whatever his name is. Tyler, I, yeah. I would have, have no idea who you're talking about. So if they if they keep this going with like uh different basketball schools or whatever, oh yeah, I can continue watching it. But this this a set season, probably not. Mm. Um same same Bas- on to you. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Uh, yeah, because basketball is like a it changes every day. Always. Like, like kids today, they don't know no Monte Ellis. Like in a few years now, these dudes, I hate to say it, they'll probably be really irrelevant. Mm. Yeah. Um, Savon, to you, kind of like 10 years from now, do you think this will continue to be a watchful and intriguing docuseries? The documentary is yes. I think so. And I think so because it, when they continue to highlight people like Coach Mosley, who sweeps up the gym, who teaches a spin class and a weightlifting class, who mm. to make a living, the motivational skills, high, high intensity, wants to make see you grow. We see a lot of coaches... Similar to that, but not highlighted, especially from a community college. So they continue to this. I remember when they first introduced Last Chance You. I'm acting like this was like 45 years ago. Like <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> back in my day, Last Chance You football came on. And uh, we, we washed. Nah, no, this is like, I remember the concept behind it. I was like, yo, that'd be really, really dope. Because we always see D1, D- Division One colleges get their documentaries or their shows or whatever. What about the the junior colleges where these players actually come from, like a Cam Newton? So mm. to highlight this and highlight these guys, what they really go through, some of these Division One uh, athletes get f- spoon-fed. And these other guys, they don't have dorm rooms. They got to drive to the campus. They got to do this and that just to go to a community college. So they're going through high hell and high water, not saying – Division one students don't go through the same thing because being a division one student or just a college student athlete, period, is tough. But right. with these guys from the community colleges, they go through a lot more because they're still at home, especially in Cali. The la- I didn't really like the last chance you, the last football one. It wasn't really good, but I it did highlight what the guys had to go through. Some guys would drive like two hours away just to come to school. So if they continue to highlight stuff like that, I think it's going to be watchable. Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing before we go, there's there's going to be more uh, sports documentaries coming up soon. I think there's one. Oh, that's cold. I always wanted to play Uh-oh. lacrosse. Uh-oh. Hey, yo. I always I wanted to play. I would take somebody but I, out in lacrosse, bro. I would take somebody out. Full speed. I wanted to play, but I went to predominantly black high school, and we ain't doing no lacrosse. Yeah, I was the only, only one. I think PHS had, well, in Pensacola, PHS has one. Catholic has one. I think Washington has one now. But Pine Forge definitely didn't have one. I would have played. Ain't no weight limit too. Oh, ain't no weight limit too, brother. Ooh, a couple of full speed at. I wish maybe should do a rugby one. I think rugby would be dope. 
Yeah, that would be a good one. That would be a really good one. Um, and, 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 and with, there's, there should be some more docuseries with, uh, I think one with Magic Johnson this summer, also the Showtime Lakers. Um, before we wrap it up, either one of you can start, like, is there another sports documentary that you're looking for, or even like on a player or a team in the past that, that you think kind of be like even more fascinating? Because last summer we got Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. Is, is there, is there one in particular that you guys think would kind of be fascinating, um, coming up in the future? I, well, I guess I'll start. They need to do one on Kobe. And I don't know yeah. why it's taking this long to do it. Do one on Kobe from beginning. I mean, through the scandal, through the, the cheating mm -hmm. rape scandal, all that good stuff. I'm talking about the whole nine. Talk about yeah. it all. By he was a butthole in practice. Talk about it all. <laughs> Talk about it. You need it. that fire, though. Exactly. Yeah. I want you to show it all. Like they do Michael Jordan. We've seen 50,000... <laughs> 50,000 documentaries on the same person. <laughs> the same person. It's different versions. It's different versions. It's different versions. <laughs> Look, at this point, I know Mike better. He know him. <laughs> yes, <it is> for <laughs> real. But no, yeah, absolutely. I, I want to see one on Lenny Cook. Ooh. Okay. Y'all know Lenny Cook really is? Yeah. The, the he, uh, he was actually better than LeBron, but uh, he tried oh. to do a one and done, and it didn't work out for him. Yeah. And he... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Keep I want to see players like that who like who should have been. Yeah. So like, imagine like this had like a uh, uh, Langelo Ball, Lenny Cook. Mm -hmm. uh, what's that other kid? Uh, dang, I can't think of his name. He's from Florida, but he's supposed to be like a a sophomore in college. He's not even in college right now. I can't it, think of his name. It was also a player that came that was the same age as Kevin Garnett. But something happened to him where he didn't play basketball no more. He, they said he was better than Kevin Garnett. He was going to be the next Michael Jordan. I forgot his name. I don't remember. Even Dar There's so many didn't, of them. They didn't do one on Darius yeah. Miles because when he got into the league, that boy was trash. <laughs> yeah. But he was one of the top recruits coming out of high school. Everybody was talking about Darius Miles. Yeah. He, when he got in NBA, that boy was hot boo-boo. Oh, it's making <laughs> It's making me mad. I can't think of this dude's name. Call him a blowout. If you got kids, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Markel, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on it, as always, and, and especially for, for this one and, and the last ones that you've been on. Uh, thanks for being back on, man. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, that wraps it up for today. I'm your host, Wednesday Burns, along with my counterpart, Savon Morris. This is Scope. See you later.